Your job is not your source. Your house is not your source. Your relatives are not your source. The church, by all means, is not your source. God is your source. God is the one who provides everything that you need. Well, thank you for joining us at Brothers of the Word, because, brother, you need the Word. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We welcome you to this evening to the house of the Lord. It's a, such a privilege and honor to be here to share the Word of the Lord once again at the Ark of Salvation. I'm honored to be invited once again to come and return. And I thank God for your pastors, Pastor Nathaniel Bronner. Pastor C. Elijah Bronner, and of course, Pastor James Bronner, thank you so much for having me back here once again. And I prayed and I believe that tonight you're not here by accident, coincident, no chance, but by the divine providential rule of the living God. And since you're here, I believe God is going to speak a word because you're in the house of the Lord. He's going to come and speak a word that will impact and revolutionize your life today. So let's start with a quick word of prayer as we begin tonight. Father, we just thank you right now, Lord God, for your grace, for the grace of your presence, for your spirit, O God, and for the word, O God, that comes from you, O God. A word, Father, that you have spoken from heaven, and I believe that every ear is open to receive it, every heart receptive, O God, and that you will, Father God, penetrate our hearts and sow a seed, O God, that will birth forth a wonderful, wonderful process of you, O God, and that will, Father, cause a revolution in our lives, O Father. I thank you, Father, for answering our prayers. You are God of Father who hears our prayers. And we thank you, Lord God, and honor you and trust you tonight. Give you all the glory and the honor and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. In 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 1. And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain this years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Get away from here, turn eastward, and hide by the brook Kirith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and stayed by the brook Kirith, which flows into the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise, go to Seraphat, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Seraphat. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear, go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. 
and afterward make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah, and she and he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke through Elijah the prophet. And here we see Elijah the prophet. He's perhaps one of the most famous prophets in the Old Testament. And apart from Moses and Elijah, his protege, he was able to do and perform some of the most outstanding miracles that we know of from Scripture. And as we have read and seen some of them in the Scripture in 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 1 through 6. He comes before Ahab the king in verse 1 to proclaim the word of the Lord. And Ahab, as some of you may know, was a wicked king. In fact, not only was he wicked, the Bible says of Ahab, the son of Omer, in 1 Kings 16.30, that he did evil in the sight of the Lord. And not only that, it says more than all who were before him. Not only was he wicked, he was more wicked than all the other kings that have come before him up to that time. And, and not only that, but he married Jezebel. Now, Jezebel is a foreigner. And according to God's word, it was forbidden for the children of Israel to marry outside of the tribe of Israel. Again, because God did not want the hearts to be turned to other gods. But guess what? Ahab's heart was turned to another god. His name was Baal. And see, not only was his heart turned to Baal, he set up Baal worship as one of the main religions of his time. So he did sin on top of sin on top of sin and wickedness before the Lord. As a matter of fact, Jezebel, who was just as wicked as he was, was actually a priestess of Baal. She was one of the priestess that worshipped in, at, for Baal or to Baal. And she was a princess again. And so Elijah comes before him to proclaim the word of the Lord and actually the judgment that comes from the Lord because of the evil that has been committed here in his house, that has been committed in the house and in the land of the Lord. And let me tell you, there is nothing that God does that is accidental. There are several reasons why the judgment was specific because I was asking myself, why do and why rain? Why did he select dew and why did he select rain? I don't have time to go into details, but I just want to share with you a couple of things that I discovered. Well, why dew and the rain? Because they lived in an agricultural society. And so their lives, apart from the technological advances of the day, were still heavily dependent on the agricultural part of their culture and their economy. And not only for food supply but for their livelihood that's how they earn most of their funds and most of their money of course in those times they didn't have money like we have now but that's where they earn their living and the lord knew that if he touched the areas of food and money that there will be trouble in paradise how many of you know there will be trouble in your house if the food and the money was touched and was cut off you see (laughs) And see, not only that, but let me tell you about reason number two. I discovered that Baal was a god that was, was known for the dew and the rain. He was supposedly the one who was responsible for providing dew and rain to the earth. But how many of you know God is the one who provides the source? So God's sending this judgment to, to his people at the time was to get, first of all, their attention. 
There's nothing more powerful and more attention getters than when God cut off the line that feeds to the pocketbook. It will immediately come to attention and say, oh, wait a minute, stop everything, cut off the light, turn off the music, turn on the light, or let's find out what's going on. Because that is one of the things that causes us to snap to attention faster than anything in our lives. And uh, as I studied this, it reminded me of where we are in our current world today. The recession that we're living in, the, some of the, the shortage we're experiencing, the loss of jobs, the, the unemployment rate going up, some of these major companies and corporations that we never knew or we never thought possible could have closed their door, have closed their doors this past uh, few years. And, and so we are in the midst of what they were in. They were in a famine. And we're in the midst of a similar famine. That's how the Lord allowed me to put those two things together to bring you something that will be relevant to your lives today. And and I'm speaking from the subject sustained through famine. Sustained through famine. Don't get me wrong. I don't know whether God brought this upon us or not. I'm more inclined to believe that it was man's lust for power. Love of money and worship of material things that put us where we are. But let me tell you something. Either way, everything is either God sent or God used in our lives. Everything is either God sent or God used. If God did not author it, he will use it for his glory and his honor and for our good. Remember Romans 8.28? What does it say? All things and we know. That all things work together for the good of them that love God and to them that are the call according to his purpose. Not we guess it, we know it. We know it with our hearts, we know it. And notice it did not say all good things. It didn't specify all good things. It says all things. That means the good, the bad, and the ugly. Everything that happens to us. If you love God and you're called according to his purpose, he will turn it out for your good if you trust him. The Lord is able to do so in our lives. And one of the things that Bishop Bronner has taught us at Word of Faith Family Worship Cathedral is that God is more concerned with our growth and development than our comfort and convenience. God is more concerned with our growth and development than our comfort and convenience. So he doesn't mind cutting off what feeds us to get our attention if we're going down the wrong path. He doesn't mind that. Because as long as we go in the direction God has provided for us, he will continue to supply what we need. The moment we step to the side and begin to go towards the other thing that he didn't ordain, he has to cut it off so that he can bring us back to the place where we belong. And so that's what also the Bible says, what profits a man to gain the whole world yet lose his soul. And... uh, I want you to know that in the world, in this economic world and so forth, we don't have to choose between God and money. We don't have to. All we have to do is choose whom we will serve. All we have to do is choose whom we will serve. But how many of you know that God has a plan even in the midst of famine? God has a plan even in the midst of recession, in the midst of depression, whatever we go through in our lives, God's plan remains consistent. Jeremiah 29, 11, what does it say? I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Who knows the plans? God. God knows the plans. And so we trust him and we need to look to him for the plans that he has already set before us. 
And through this scripture in 1 Kings 17 verse uh, 1 through 16, I want you to notice what God did to sustain the life of Elijah. He did several key things to sustain it. But not only that, I want you to know what Elijah did. More importantly, because God will do his part as long as we do our part. Amen. God will provide. He will do what he said he will do as long as we do what we are supposed to do. And so notice what he did in verse 2. What happened? Beginning in verse 2. So we know in verse 1 he proclaimed. Elijah came before Ahab. Proclaimed the word of the Lord about the stop of rain. The stoppage of rain which will cause the famine. But notice what happened in verse 2. Then the word of the Lord came to him. That's Elijah saying. Get away from here and turn eastward. And hide by the brook Kirith. Which flows into the Jordan. And the word that the Lord brought, and this reminds me of a Proverbs, Proverbs 22, verse 3 and 27, verse 12, that says, The prudent man foresees evil and hides himself. The prudent man foresees evil and hides himself. The simple pass on and are punished. God was hiding him from the things that were about to happen. God was providing a place for him to go. And it was the Lord who told Elijah to go to the brook Kirith. How many of you agree with me? It was the Lord, right? It's in your Bibles. Amen. It was the Lord who told Elijah to go to the brook called Kirith. And notice what it says in verse 4. Why? And it will be that you shall drink from the brook and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. He said you shall drink from the brook and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. That's what God had told him to go to the brook. And once again, who sent him? Who sent him? The Lord sent them. I want you to notice verse 5. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. For he went and stayed by the brook Kirith, which flows into the Jordan. And uh, again, I want you to understand that God has a plan. God has a plan. And notice what happened in verse 6. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. And it happened after a while, say a while, after a while that the brook dried up. Because there had been no rain in the land. Now, this is where we lose a lot of Christians. (laughs) See, the Lord told Elijah. Who told Elijah to go to the brook? The Lord. God did. God told Elijah to go to the brook. But after a while, here is what happens. The brook begins to dry up. The brook no longer gives water for him to sustain his life. And this is where a lot of us, if we, when, when we get to a certain situation, how many of us have been called to the job we are in or we were in by God? Amen? Well, if he didn't call you, let me put it this way. He opened the door for you to be there. He opened the door for you to be there. And I want you to understand something. That just because you lose a job, Just because the brook dries up, just like it dried up for Elijah, that doesn't mean that God has abandoned you or given up on you. Because that's what we begin to say, Lord, oh God, the whole thing is dried up and now what what am I going to do next? What am I? We start panicking and start getting negative and start losing our minds. We put down our religion. We start doing all kinds of stuff. But I want you to, well, maybe not here, not the members of the Ark of Salvation. You are blessed and highly favored of the Lord. So let's just pretend that it's another church who is in Atlanta close to Grant Park. All right. <laughs> but notice that this is where that the brook dried up for Elijah. The brook dried up. But notice what happened. Because God sent them there, some other things began to happen. And I want to now begin to show you 
what the Lord did with Elijah and what, well, first of all, what Elijah did and then what the Lord did as a result of what he did. Amen. And Elijah, number one, and I want you to make a note of this if you can. Number one, Elijah prayed. Elijah prayed. What did Elijah do? Because see, Elijah was in a situation where now there's a famine all over the land and he couldn't snap out of there. He couldn't just pick up and leave. Because he knew God had called him there. So what did he do? He prayed. He prayed. See, Elijah had a relationship with the Lord. And not only that, he was in tune to God's word. To God's voice. He was in tune to God's voice. God spoke and he did. And Elijah knew that God was faithful to do what he said he would do. In other words, Elijah went back to the one who spoke the word from the very beginning. And the Bible doesn't clearly say that he did. But I can imagine that if his brook dried up, if the water stopped flowing, then he was going to say, Lord, okay, what next? So he went to the one who could help him. He went to the one who had the plan from the beginning. He went to the one who stopped the rain from falling. He went back to the source. Notice that Elijah knew who his source was. He knew who the God of all creation was because he trusted in him and he has proven himself time and time again. Notice that it did not say Elijah went to the TV and the TV through the television. They told you, don't worry, I'll open up another door. No, he didn't. Notice that it didn't say Elijah went to the government. He didn't go to the government and they told, oh, don't worry, we have a bailout ready for you. No. It, it didn't say that he went to the bank and told him, oh, don't worry about the money. We have some more money laying around here. You've been a wonderful customer. We'll give that to you. No. It says, Elijah, I believe Elijah sought the Lord and began to pray and began to cry out to him. And instead of complaining, instead of milling mouthful and belly aching, he went on and just began to pray and trust the one who brought him thus far in his life. And I want you to know this in the same way that Elijah trusts the one who brought him thus far. You ought to trust the one who's brought you this far. Because it had not been for the Lord who was on your side, you will not be here. If it had, well, let me testify about myself. If it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, I will not be anywhere near here. As a matter of fact, I will be six feet under. But thanks be to God who loves me and has a plan in store for me. So Elijah didn't lose his mind. He pressed his way to God. He didn't become negative. He pressed his way to God. He prayed. And he was praying and asking the Lord who sent them what to do in this time. So it's not time to go. When you go through trials, it's not time to get on the phone. It's time to get on the throne. It's time to get on your knees and begin to cry out to God. For the answer that you need. Because he is your source. He is your provider. He is the one who has brought you this far and has a wonderful plan ready for you. But notice what happened in verse 8. Because Elijah had to pray. When the brook dried up, the brook heareth. And then the word of the Lord came to him saying, arise and go. The number two thing Elijah did, he listened to the word of the Lord. He listened to the word. Not only was he praying. A lot of us love to pray. Oh my God. We have so many beautiful Christians. They love to pray. But guess how they pray. Lord, I thank you for this day in the name of Jesus. For your grace, for your mercy, for being who you are. For blessing me, my, my son, us four, his wife, us four. No more. God bless you. Thank God for everything. Thank you for this food I'm about to receive from us. Amen. Boom. Click and then go on about their lives. They don't stop to hear the word of the Lord. 
They're rushing through prayer. But Elijah was not one of that nature. He, after he sought the Lord in relationship with God, he stood there to see what it is that he had to say to him. And that's what I'm encouraging you today. Notice that in verse 8, then the word of the Lord came to him. The word came because he was expecting the word to come. The word came because he was trusting in the one who provided the word in the first place. He was trusting him to tell him once again which direction to take, which place to go, where to, to go to. And we understand again that God is our source. Listen, and I want you to remember this. God is your source. Your job is not your source. Your house is not your source. Your relatives are not your source. The church, by all means, is not your source. God is your source. God is the one who provides everything that you need. Amen? And Elijah went and trusted God. He didn't depend on the economy. He didn't depend on the government. He didn't depend on his relatives. He trusted God. Elijah listened to the word that was from the Lord. And the word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise! Arise, that's the word of resurrection. Arise is the word of power. Arise means change your position. I'm about to tell you something. Arise means on your mark, get set. I'm about to tell you something. So after you prayed, after you sought the Lord, after you fall down on your knees, seeking his help, seeking his grace, seeking his guidance, then you need to get set to hear what he has to say so that you can take off and he'll tell you, arise, come out of your negativity, come out of your depression, come out of your hopelessness. There is hope, there is grace, there is power, there is a plan and he who is your source has it in his hands. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He has the plan. And so he told him to arise. Arise. And not only did he tell him to arise, he told him to arise and go. He told him to arise and go. He is not never going to tell you to do something and then just expect you to sit there. No. When he tells you and your mark gets set, when he's about to speak to you, he's going to tell you something to do. He's going to tell you something to carry out in your life so that he can bring you forth out of your situation. He trusted, Elijah trusted in the Lord. So not only did he pray, not only did he, did he listen to God's word, God's word. Remember what Jesus said in Luke chapter 4, and my time is slipping away from me. But remember what Jesus said in Luke chapter 4. He said that men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. By every word that proceeds, not past and preceded, not future tense will proceed, but every word that proceeds right now, every word that God has to say about your situation right now. He has a plan and he has a word designed and telemade for you. If you will only pray, and listen to his voice, then you will hear what he has to say. And notice what he said in verse 9. And I'll close with this. Arise, go to Seraphah, which belonged to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow woman to provide for you. And in verse 9, uh, verse 10, it says, So he, Elijah, arose and went to Seraphah. Number three. Number three is that Elijah obeyed the word of the Lord. Elijah obeyed. Elijah did not set out. Did not sit back and started being negative about what God had to say. He didn't stop to try to rationalize what the Lord had to say. What do you mean a widow woman? She's probably already in need herself. And if you look at the Bible and you know scripture, widow women were one of the poorest because they didn't have a husband who provided everything that, they, that she needed. But one thing he knew is that God was going to supply 
what he needed and what she needed. And so he began to trust in the Lord. He began to press. Let me tell you, God has a word telling me for you that he is designed to give you and wants to give you your life. And if you just pray, if you listen to his word, and not only that, if you obey what he is telling you to do, then you will come out on the other side. You will go to the next level. You will, you will come out of this situation and he will sustain your life in the midst of famine and not only sustain you, but promote you in the midst of famine. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we had a time. We had a time, but I want to thank you for listening. Uh, if you want to hear this sermon in its entirety, just go to airjesus.com and type in sermon number 6293. Again, that's sermon 6293. Just go to airjesus.com and you can listen to the rest of the message there. We thank you for joining us at Brothers of the Word because, brother, you need the Word. Amen. 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 And, and, and I want you to understand that God has provided everything that you need. He knew where you will be, where you are right now. He knew everything that would happen up to this point in your life. He understood it because the Bible says he knows the end of the thing before the beginning thereof. He knows what your life will be like way before he said, come on, get started. Way before he formed you in your mother's womb, as he told Jeremiah, he knew what he had made him to be and he knew where he had called him to be and where he was going to be at every single step of his life. God will never leave you nor forsake you. The Bible says he is right there by our side. He's a present help, a very present help in trouble. And I just want your hope to be stirred up that no matter what happens in your life, no matter what comes against you, no matter what is presented in our world, God has a plan. And he has a way of escape for every one of his children. He has a way. He has a plan because his blessings, his resources are not tied to the economy. His resources are everlasting. That's what the Bible says. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. So I encourage you to trust him today. I encourage you to love him today. Just seek his face wherever you are. No matter what you're going through. Just seek his face. Trust him. And I believe that he will bring you through. Amen. 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 This ends message number 6293 by Jose Adamas. To send this message, sustained through famine, number 6293, to a friend, simply go to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com. This has been message number 6293. Listen to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com often and keep your spirit charged up.